You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood brain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next when they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. Yo, what up, Dribbling Dimes fam? Yo, this is Manny Digital. Just want to give you a quick heads up. We're about to roll into episode 33, which is part two of the episode with Mr. Rich Kosick. If you haven't listened to part one, please stop the tape, rewind back to episode 32, and check that out. There's a whole lot of gems and a lot of great information that will help you understand what's about to go down in episode 33. So please, and thank you. For the rest of you, here we go. Episode 33, part two, with Mr. Rich Kosick. So Riverside Church gets the connection. I've heard of the Russian team coming to New York and playing at the Gauchos. Oh, they did. Okay. This is even before that. No, they did. No, let me get this right. No, the Russians might have come to the Gaucho gym first. They might have come. Okay. But for the Gauchos, put together an all-star team. Right. All right? right? They got kids from all over. Right. And they played. But the kids went back to their community teams. Mm-hmm. Riverside Church then got in on the action, and I think it was Howie Evans who was the uh, uh, sports editor for the Amsterdam News. He was the coach, and he got some other people to help. They put together a super team of all-city type players from all over the city. I already know what this sounds okay. like. Okay. <laughs> so the Gauchos had experience of the Russia coming to them. Riverside takes a team to the uh, uh, Russia. Well, Riverside used to always get their butt whooped because they didn't have the great players. Right. Well, now they had great players wearing the Riverside, Riverside jersey. Yes, yeah. The players didn't stay with Riverside initially. They went back to play in the community. But here's what happened. Riverside says, well, you know what? Let's take a team to California. The Gauchos. Let's take a team to Vegas. The Gauchos upped it. Let's take a team to Hawaii and get the backing. They had backing from the Seagram Liquor Company through personal connections. Hmm. Uh, Ernie Beloich was with Riverside Church. He was a multimillionaire, uh, what they call arbitrage type of stuff, which don't ask me to explain that one. Financial market stuff. But right? Yeah, financial yeah. market stuff. He had a duplex office on Park Avenue, hmm. all sorts of backing. They, they both became not-for-profits. You say to kids from all over the city. You tell me right now. We're going to we're, Ga- to, we're going to Hawaii, then, and then and then uh, uh, Riverside would go to France, or let's go to Puerto Rico, okay? All of a sudden, we're, so those ki- two programs, yeah. their competition has 
I mean, I know with each other. Yeah, that, they, 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 they're, they're getting a, then Elmcore. Elmcore was a community based group, Elmhurst Corona. Yep. Uh, out in uh, 80, 80, uh, what was it, 108th Street off of Northern Boulevard. Mm-hmm. They have a community center out there, which is great. Uh, they had great players stay with them, but they didn't have the, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the drive to keep taking kids all over the country. Got it. Okay, so primarily it was Riverside, the Gauchos, then Elmcore, then a guy, a great guy uh, from Manhattan, Doc Nacelli, uh, God bless him, passed away about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. He had the Madison Square Broncos. Yep. And he made some trips. Uh, interesting, <coughs> he had Kenny Anderson, he had uh, uh, Dwayne Pearl Washington start with him. And then they got drawn away from the big, the bigger trips. Right. So pretty soon, you've got Riverside and the Gauchos with these super teams. During the summertime, where you still played against a Brownsville team, you still played against a Fort Greene team, a Jamaica team, uh, uh, a Queensbridge team, you kicked their butts. Right. Because you had super e- squads. Super squads, and pretty soon guys on the local teams were like oh man we ain't gonna win anything this summer i need to go group up so you know yeah i gotta you know i gotta get together with somebody else and there were other guys other guys came up with quote super teams yeah okay but you lost you lost that community Mm. spirit that that community experience and here's uh, to me it had a long-term negative effect I would go see Riverside and the Gauchos and the other teams play, and I'm looking at 10 guys doing battle, all right? And some of the games were great. Yep. I'm looking at 10 guys sitting on their benches, some of them all city or, or second team all city, and they're playing scrub minutes. Wow. One team, one team takes control of the game. Okay, you can get in there. Waste. Waste it, and they're not they're – not, Developing. Developing. Right. Okay? And at that point it's just them saying, you know what, these yeah. guys travel or do these these yeah. perks yeah. are here. Yeah, they love the tra- they love right. the traveling guys when you know and some listen, I, I won't say that they didn't get scholarships. Some of these guys sure. still went to St. John's and other you know, went to went to Fordham, went here or there and, and they did okay. Uh fiscal crisis at the mm-hmm. time was talking seventy five, there was probably a three the five-year period where there were night centers were closed down hmm. citywide okay because hmm. I remember I lost my night center job right okay I think the last year was 75 and then uh, I I don't even know if they did reopen there was some some people were smart enough to write some grants uh, what's become a famous site now out in South Jamaica called IS8 yep uh, they started with some beacon beacon program money. Okay. Okay. So they they became like a hotbed, but they didn't feel. See, they were smart. They ran tournaments. They had money to open up that gym. They ran tournaments as opposed to just a nightly and, and or weekly. Yeah, not the, it, and they looked at it as like because some people complained, say, "Wait a second, you got so many tournaments in here. When can the kids from the community play?" Mm-hmm. Right. You got tournaments every night. 
and but they would come back and say, well, the money we're making from the tournaments keeps the center open longer so your son can come on Saturday or your son can come on these off nights uh, instead of having uh, a six-month program where we're open 12 months. You know, but, but what was happening to basketball was, to me, it was getting watered down. In what sense? All right. Guys, guys weren't playing Got it. every night. Back to that example of right. Riverside roster so deep. Yeah. Ten players. And guys, when I was at the night centers, guys would come, would come home from playing an afternoon game you know, at their school yeah. and didn't want to play again at night. So the competition was there. And then you had guys who were going to try out for Long Island City High School that next year. They were like, oh, uh, he's playing? Oh, I want to try my stuff against him. Hmm. So that's what happened. I, that's what I, I firmly believe that's what happened. It, what, what about on the coaching side? Because Chucky had some interesting things, like, you know, especially, again, taking it to the CHSAA side. You had long-standing tenures with a bunch of, I mean, famous names you can name, right? Yeah. And then the succession plan didn't seem to be there for the next up when those folks left. That's a good good point. That's a good point. The the, the, uh, Catholic school had a a built-in advantage also in that they had organized very serious freshman programs right. came on with their own city championship. Mm-hmm. Junior varsity programs, their own city championship. All those freshman and junior varsity kids, 99% of them were, were running the same offense that would be run on the varsity level. Got it. Okay? Consistency. Yeah. The public school, it wasn't until, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the late 80s that the public school, they had no JVs. It was just varsity? It was just varsity. And then probably the late 80s, late, yeah, I'm going to say late 80s, mid to late 80s started junior varsities. Hmm. And not every school had a junior varsity. You had to prove to the PSAL that you you had enough kids, you had the gym space. Right. You had the coach before they would approve the funding wow. of it. And the JV coach at the public school could be the polar opposite of the varsity coach. Right. Different system. Different, whole different system. Strategy, uh, level of experience, everything. Exactly. Right. You know, so he wasn't or she wasn't training the boys on the JV to get ready for what was expected on that the varsity very level. Interesting. Okay. So it, it wasn't the same. Mm. Now, it's, it has expanded, uh, but the level of coaching, 300-plus uh, high schools, there's, there's not a lot of really, really good coaches. Right, yeah. No. You know? And here's a crazy thing that, that I always said, like, man, there's, there's something wrong with this visionary division thing. I would go to clinics where they'd have college coaches come in get paid yep. to run a session for coaches, high school coaches, yep. or CYO coaches or PAL or housing authority coaches. I would see, who, I'd see in the stands those legendary guys. I'd see Jack Curran yep. from Malloy. Yep. I'd see Jim Gatto from Marta Christie. All right? uh, I'd see Don Kent okay, from McClancy. I'd, I, 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 would, I would see Frank Mickens from Boys and Girls High School, 
legendary guy. And I'd see other Bobby Hartstein uh, coached all the Marbury's at Lincoln High School, okay. multiple city championships. He's at a clinic. And Bob Hurley, legendary coach yeah. in New Jersey, he would come to New York if there was a good clinic. And I remember asking uh, Jim Gatto once, and I asked Bob Hurley, I'm just curious, why, with everything you've done, with your championship and Jim Gatto, you've had, you know, uh, 10 All-American players go off to play in major college. Jimmy, what are you doing here? Uh, I don't know if I just might pick up something new that can help. Jack Curran, what are you doing here? Oh, you always learn something. There was that humility. Yeah, yeah. Those guys. Bob Hurley. Hey, right. You, I want to say I got to keep. I've got to keep up on this game. These are championship guys, and All good. I'd look around. Where are the new coaches? Right. Where Where are the coaches that have only been coaching three or four years? They're not here. Oh, their assistants or the you know aspiring yeah. coaches. So, come on. You know, I mean, is it? Do you think that it's possible to get even close to, let's call it the heyday of, even just on a high school level? Because that, to me, that's where it matters, right? Like, your your area gets its reputation locally from that high school crop, and then it, you know becomes gangbusters afterwards. Manny, uh, it's sad to say, but I have to say no. I need you to give me hope, Rich. No. I need hope. Well, here's well, here's the thing. The Catholic school, like, look, we've lost Rice High School. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Nazareth High School was remaining re remaining open, but there's several several uh, smaller Catholic high schools have closed. Shut down. Yeah. The the tuition is now you know ten thousand dollars plus. Plus. All right. Uh, I went to Rice High School. <laughs> the highest the tuition got, you know, and I'm not lying, folks. <laughs> My senior year, fifteen dollars a month. Jesus Christ! Fifteen dollars a month. Wow. Okay, that was the tuition at Rice, but that was the you know the church would uh, subsidize subsidize it, and I don't want to get into where they subsidize money went <laughs> in the last twenty years, but it's their subsidized money is not subsidizing the schools anymore. Okay, so those schools closed. Uh, in the public schools, it's watered down because I was talking before about maybe there were 200 yeah. or less than 200 high schools when I was coming up, right. and now, now there's over four. 300, right. you know, growing all the time. The players are all spread out, mm -hmm. and now you do have your super division in the PSAL of what they call double A. Right. But even the, there's some double A teams that should be playing in the A, because uh, okay. they're getting killed right. all the time. Right. Uh, there's still recruiting that goes on. So some people, some people still stockpile teams and everything, and then some kids want to go where want to go where it's successful. Yeah, yeah. You know where the reputation can be. Yeah, I mean Lincoln High School <laughs> had a run of, I think, making the finals, eleven out of. 13 years. Think wow. about that. Wow. And they probably won 10. So, you know, but uh, there's no more. Uh, Riverside went belly up mm -hmm. with, with Lloyd's. Uh, there was some improprieties at both places and the Gauchos. Yeah. But this, they still 
uh, have their programs. Yep, and their reputation, their legacy. But, they- yeah, but they're, but and but there's other programs too. One thing that does give me hope is that some of the new programs, uh, and I'm sorry I don't have the names in front of me, but like programs like New Heights. Yep, I was just about the name. Yeah, there's a program called New Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added an academic component, a social responsibility component to their program. And they work with boys and girls, and I, yeah. think, they, I think they might even have football. But they have a whole thing where you've got to be academically responsible or else you can't remain with our program. That's huge. I you know, didn't know that. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's other programs that have added stuff. Uh, um, there was a guy. Uh, oh, man. Hakeem Yamadi. Hakeem Yamadi used to be with Riverside. And when Riverside fell apart, uh, the program that they started after that was with German, a German player who was a coach at St. John's but had been a Riverside coach. Uh, uh, Yamadi, uh, Hakeem contacted me. I can't, think, uh, I can't think of the name of the program right now. But anyway, they added an academic component, and he wanted me to help run it on, on a, uh, a Saturday mm-hmm. up in uh, the, uh, the, I guess you would call it the Northeast Bronx okay. near Trog's Neck. Yep. We were up there in the projects near Adelaide Stevenson High School. And the kids had to go to school on Saturday morning for, you know, young kids. Uh, I was trying to get the older kids, but they said, no, they weren't, that, having. They weren't having it. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a good thing. But then they went under. They, uh, they, they went under. Is that, is that, do you think that's going to be a trend, though, like adding the academic, or is that just going to be haphazard? No, I, 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 think, I think more and more, because if you see, like New Heights has, has had a, a good run of success with yeah. good plays, with getting good plays, uh, and they have that. Right. So if parents, and here's going back to the parents, parents have to ask, who's coaching my son? Who's coaching my daughter? What's their background? What is their program all about? Ask, do you have academic support? Uh, w- will you provide tutors mm. if my son or daughter needs tutoring? Uh, can you help them get ready for the SAT, the ACT? Yeah. You have to ask these questions. Yep. Just don't be happy somebody's taking your son you know, on a bus trip you know, to, to play somewhere, you know? Um, That's a, it's an excellent point, I, and I think it, yeah. it just goes by the wayside to a lot of folks. You know, just me speaking as a parent, I can easily see how someone that doesn't necessarily care as much about sports or looks at sports as a meal ticket, right, would necessarily take the time to ask. Right, it's a very simple series very of simple. questions. Very simple, and and you can deduce a lot from all you know, just just from basic answers. But I'm curious. So now, if, if we take it to ABCD camp, right? You played a role there for many years. I'm just finding out. Yeah. I'd love for you to tell me about that. But I'm, I'm also very interested in how you see the development of those, you know, that camp and how that came to be. Well, it's it's mostly a very good story, uh, mostly. But um, a, ABCD came out of a program. I, I was had my fellowship at Columbia, right? And uh, I was finishing up the academic year 1981 and I got contacted by a friend uh, who was a college coach his name was Danny Knee at the time he was coaching Ohio University and he was a New York City Brooklyn player uh, played at Power Hmm. uh, went to Marquette 
was going to was the captain of the freshman team. Uh, Danny had a funny, a, a strange. Anyway, he came back to college coach, and I won't go into his story. Uh, he heard about a program that was being run out of Chicago. It had started in 1976. It was called Athletes for Better Education, hmm. AFBE. They called it AFB. Mm-hmm. It had uh, uh, grant money from the state of Illinois. It was run by a guy by the name of Arthur Chick Scherer, who was a graduate of Princeton University, was a role player on the basketball team when Bill Bradley played. I think okay. Chick, Chick might have been a sophomore or a junior when Bradley had his spectacular 1965 year. Mm-hmm. Uh, got them to the Final Four at the time, and I think they got beat by Wichita. Bradley scored like 50-something points. Anyway, Chick had done some work with the NBA Players Association uh, camp in Chicago. The players did a camp for free. Chick found out, he had these high school kids, yep. how inadequate their academic preparedness was. Sure. So he says, this has to change. <laughs> this, is, this narrative has to change. And he got the NBA to back him with doing a 10-day camp in Chicago Damn, for Chicago ten kids. 10 days. Wow. <laughs> 10 <laughs> days. Uh, nine full days of work. Nine days of academics. 125 kids. They had to go to school from 8 in the morning to 12 noon. Then you could play basketball. Hmm. But then you had to have a 1 o'clock after lunch. And this was all on the campus of a college. Okay. And the kids paid maybe $25. You had a guest speaker at 1 o'clock, maybe a pro player, maybe a college coach, maybe somebody who played college ball but was now a successful businessman. Mm -hmm. Then you played basketball from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock, okay? Uh, Oh, there were drills. First you did drills. Okay. And then you played a little game, okay? You you had your dinner. You came back for for a... uh, 545 lecture that was open at, that was over at 630 another lecture then you played basketball from 630 to 930 almost 10 o'clock and you started over the next day hmm. uh, if you you cut class you're out you well if you were a pain in the ass you were sent home okay but if you cut class you lost playing time or you got up uh, the man that got everybody up in the morning, was a great guy by the name of Forrest Harris. He'd get you up and run you. And he was a marathon runner. He'd run you with him, you know? And, and uh, he was also a college ref. He was great with the kids. He just, he just passed away uh, uh, this past year. Anyway, uh, we went on for, that program went on, and they decided to come to New York. They had had a big. They had had a big article in Sports Illustrated read about them in 19. I'm going to say 1981. Sports Illustrated, and you can look this up in their archives, did a a, a full front page story, and then 20 something pages inside. The shame of American education, the student athlete hoax, hmm. and they went into the whole thing. Where, where guys were taking those half-assed classes, right. not getting their degrees, uh, not being ready to 
for the academics at school. AFB wanted to change that. All right, educate the kids, educate the parents. That's where it's, everything that I do really comes from Dr. Brown and AFB, mm. okay, about where we have to focus the, the, the uh, spotlight on. So AFB had a, uh, got some federal money and had expanded to Los Angeles in 1980. And they wanted That's to come. Four years to, later. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, song, yeah, right? yeah. So wow, okay. they wanted to come to uh, <laughs> New York. So interesting enough, my understanding is that Tom Konchowski hmm. was offered the job first. Okay. But Tom, whether he read the tea leaves right or whatever, Tom was very basketball 24-7. Right. So uh, he said, no, I'm going to stay with Five Star and the basketball report, and that's all I want to do. So somehow, I guess, well, somehow Danny Nee must have told, uh, and maybe Tom, Tom might have recommended me, I'm not sure, because uh, Tom knew I was at Columbia. Okay. So I was going to go back to the teaching, but I get a phone call, and they said, there's a plane ticket waiting. We want to fly you to California to meet our people and uh, maybe work for us in New York. So I took a crazy charted flight late at night uh, and f flew into Los Angeles and was at Pepperdine University oh, in Malibu the next day. For, they were going to have an all-star game there to raise money. Mm -hmm. Interviewed with Chick Share and Forrest Harris, and they said, we want you to run our New York program. And this was probably the beginning of May, 1981. Oh, that's when I was born. Oh, wait, okay. no, 81. Now, 80, 80. 81. I was born. And <laughs> we want you to go back to New York City and get the top 125 kids in the metro area. Well, fortunately, through my work that I had been doing, I knew many of the Catholic school coaches. Mm -hmm. I knew many of the public school coaches. And who was uh, ranking them? Was Tom your ace as far well, as Tom, yes, the top Tom, 125 was? Yeah, Tom was great. And we had a big meeting. They had a small college up in Westchester called Concordia College. Yep. And we had a meeting of uh, the, Tom. Tom recommended a lot of the coaches. And we had an unbelievable staff. Uh, we had Jim Gatto. We had Bobby Hartstein. Uh, Steve Post of Adlai Stevenson, who had won city championships. We had uh, uh, Steve Lapis from, from uh, Truman High School, mm -hmm. who had Rod Strickland. Yep. We had uh, uh, Pat Quigley from Lachlan, who had Mark Jackson. Okay. So we've got uh, Mark Jackson coming to camp. you got Rod Strickland coming to camp. Uh, uh, Jimmy Gatto brought some of his players. Bobby Hartstein brought one of the Marbury brothers. Uh, Tom Kinchowski got in touch with Bob Hurley. Bob Hurley brought over you know, a couple of players. Um, Don Kent uh, was involved. Uh, so we had a super team. Plus they brought in, I think they brought in four or five coaches from Chicago kind of to lead the way. Got it. So we had, and this is still under the guise of athletes. Athletes for Better Education. Right. We had Walter Berry. We had Pearl Washington. Uh, oh, man, oh, man. The names, so some of the names escaped me. But this is the, like basically your, your freshman class, if you will. Like your first. Yeah, well, these are guys are all in high school. Right. Okay, going into their junior or sophomore year. But, but AFB New York's 
first class. First class. First class. Mark Jackson, you know, Pearl. Strickland, Pearl. Now, interesting, uh, some of the best players, Pearl wasn't having it. Pearl didn't want to go to class. Didn't want to go to class. We had the real good point guard from Andrew Jackson High School which became Campus Magnet. I'm drawing a blank. Boo Harvey, mm. he didn't want to go to class. Uh, Don Marbury, didn't want to go to class. Didn't want to run. Right. They got sent home. We were at Manhattan College. I'm sorry, not, not uh, Manhattan. We were at Concordia. They're ready to go home. The uh, funny thing is, Walter Berry, who might have been going into his junior year, Walter was being sent home by Forrest Harris with another guy, uh, one of his teammates, 6'6 kid. <laughs> I see them coming out of the dorm with their bags. I didn't know about them being sent home. Right. I say, what's going on? They told me, I talked them into staying. I talked them into staying. I take them back in the rooms. I get everything. I retrieve their uniforms, which had been turned in. At lunchtime, they show up, all right? <laughs> Forrest Harris is saying, what the hell is Walter Berry and Derek something doing? And I said, oh, I, I felt so good. I talked them into yeah. staying. <laughs> I talked them out of quitting. They weren't quitting. I was sending them home. I said, oh, this is the Harris. You got to give him a break. But you know what? They gave him a break, and they stayed. And one of the legendary things out of that camp was uh, Walter and his running mate, Derek something, uh, another 6'6 kid, they wanted to sneak out at night, you know, find, I don't know, Girls something. Or yeah. Well, two of our counselors that year was a guy named Tony Brown, who was a starter from the University of Arkansas. And you'll know this name, Glenn Doc Rivers mm -hmm. from Marquette, who was a player. Clippers coach. And they chased Walter... And this other Derek something, I can't think of his name. It looked like the Olympic 440 <laughs> relay down the central, central road going down the campus and, and got them. And it was like, oh, my God. You know, they thought they were getting away. Tony Brown, I think he might know. Tony Brown played basketball, and he was on an Olympic team. He was, like, unbelievable. Oh, wait. But, how, how, does, how does Doc Rivers... They were they, Doc Marquette. was from, Doc was from Chicago. Oh, that's right. Tony Brown's from Chicago. That's right. They had been in the AFB program in high school. Got it. They brought them in as counselors. Gotcha. Okay. So one of the great things that AFB did with the counselors is, and then they had a guy who's a legend in the Midwest in Oklahoma City, Tyrone Johnson, okay. uh, who played at Oklahoma City uh, uh, College, and Tyrone has one of those voices from the depths of the Grand Canyon, <laughs> where it's like, I'm talking to you now, and you better pay attention. He talks with his it's chest. Like you're, yeah, no, like your <laughs> body, you tremble when he's speaking. <laughs> and, and he was one of, and they did a session with the kids, just them and the kids. Mm. And it was like, everybody paid attention. Wow. Because they would just tell you, the real. It's, no, it's no game, and they said, and we're waiting for you. Come on up. Right. We're waiting. Years later, okay, AFB, AFB had federal funding, but then the 80s rolled around Ronald Reagan, 
-hmm. was the president. There was drastic cutbacks in grants and everything. AFPE lost its federal grant. Because they can do that sometimes. They can tell you, well, you're going to get so many millions of dollars, yep. but, oh, we're cutting the grant. It's, it's over with. So then you go begging. We, we, got, we were one of the few programs that got a one-year extension. And that's because Chick Share, being from Illinois, we had Senator Chuck Percy, a Republican, yep. big supporter of the program, and Chick contacted Bill Bradley because Athby New York took Athby Jersey kids too. Okay. So Bradley and Percy fought for us and we got a one year extension. Wow. But after that one year extension, the competition for not for profits was unbelievable. In the in the basketball yeah, world. It, okay. Trish trying to get yeah. And at the time, we got money from the NBA players, but remember Association. Yeah, NBA Players Association. Right. The NBA average salary at that time yeah. was under four hundred thousand dollars, so they weren't like now. Nah, it's not like what it is now. Today, yeah, today's okay. a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, uh, it's unbelievable. Print and paper. Yeah. Over there. <laughs> anyway, uh, they tried to keep the program going full time in Chicago with Chicken Forest, yep. and they had a guy out in California, George Libin. Okay. And I was going to run New York. When I said Tom Kinchowski probably saw the tea leaves, he might have known that if you work for a not-for-profit, there's not much profit in a not-for-profit. It's called that yeah, for a yeah. reason. Because <laughs> I, I ended up working for them for 27 months. Of the 27 months, I got paid for uh, 9 wow. to 12. I, yeah. So I was newly married at the time. Oof. My wife was a full-time teacher. Uh, no kids yet. I, yeah, no kids yet. I, I had to go back to work. Yeah. And in reality, being very honest, I shouldn't have been a full-time worker. I, I should have, I could have done it part-time. Right. You know, uh, save my salary, pay me during the year to do workshops, which ended up, which when I went back to work, I did weekend workshops. Hmm. For We, we did... Uh, I would do a workshop at Long Island University on a Saturday morning, and Saturday afternoon, I'd, I'd be at Brooklyn College. You know, so we'd take a bunch of high school kids that came in the morning, and we'd do, a, we'd, we'd do an academic thing primarily about the SAT okay. and financial aid. And then we'd do one, we usually did two or three a month, uh, two or three weekends a month. Got it. We always did two a day. Uh, then I'd be at Columbia University on a, uh, a Saturday morning, and I would go up to Manhattan College on a Saturday afternoon, or I'd be at St. Peter's College on a Sunday morning. Okay, so we, we did that. Right. Uh, we af we had a great we had a great uh, thing that we did. We called them profile scrimmages. Okay. Okay. We did them before the season. We take kids before the season. Which season? Basketball high school, season. High school basketball uh, Yeah, high school basketball. Okay. And we would run games so college coaches could come see them. But the big thing was we did postseason mm -hmm. scrimmages when guys didn't get the scholarships they thought they'd get or a financial aid offer. Didn't come through. And we one year, I remember this, we had a year at Manhattan College, and we had 230 kids play on a Saturday and a Sunday. 
And out of the 230-something kids, 180 walked away with something. Wow. Financial aid offer. Some kids, about, I'd say three or four kids got full scholarships. Wow. And these were kids that just slipped through the cracks that nobody knew. Anyway, uh, after 1981, uh, 82, Chick was always trying to get an All-American camp going. So he got backing from Nike Hmm. at the time. Sonny Vaccaro, who's one of the great guys in basketball history for doing smart things yeah uh they backed us we had some money from the nba players wait was sonny involved in that night in bringing no, nike on board uh, yeah oh yeah no okay. sonny brought nike on Got board <laughs> and we had the first all-american camp in 1983 okay on the campus of princeton university mm. and we had a hundred and so wait so chick calls you and says hey all right afby no more no, no, no. Afby's still going. Still going, but New York is not. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. We 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 went up right until 1983. Okay. 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 Uh, in fact, we even had a local camp. Um. We had a local. See, they had a local camp in Chicago right. and a local camp in Los Angeles, and we had two years of a local camp in New York. Gotcha. With some of the best players going on to the All American camp. Um, that was their graduation, so to speak. So to speak. Right. So. Uh, the first year was AFBI, All-American Camp, mm-hmm. NBA Players Association. And that was the big draw. You were being invited from a camp that you got a, you got a letter, an invite with, with the, the NBA, NBA Players letterhead. letterhead. So uh, at, at those first camps, we had like Alonzo Mourning, uh, Danny Manning, mm-hmm. uh, a player, at, all-world player out of Los Angeles, John Williams, who went to LSU and just had an eating disorder and got too big. Okay. Okay. Was like an all-world player. He was like Magic Johnson before, actually after Magic Johnson. He's that that type of player. So the handwriting was on the wall towards the end of 1984 with AFPI. Ronald Reagan's going to go into his second term. There's no more federal money. Okay. Um, Just couldn't sustain it. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, there was a last-minute reprieve from Converse uh, to keep it going, but myself, I had already made a commitment to uh, Chick. Chick had gotten married, was going to relocate to Florida, and I made a commitment to Sonny Vaccaro to go with him. Okay. Okay. So we came up with uh, the... uh, the moniker, the original moniker, should have been what I said. What is what is this camp? They're going to school and we're playing basketball. So A B C D, academics, basketball, and career development. Hmm. Somehow somebody got Sonny's ear. I won't name the guy. He's still involved in basketball. He said, "Let's call it academic betterment and career development." No, man. It's You're missing the basketball. It's basketball. <laughs> anyway, that's what the official not-for-profit became. Okay. The Foundation for Academic Betterment and Career Development. <laughs> ABCD. So we can give you credit for naming it. Yeah, but that is... Uh, they just took out the basketball yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's 84. That's 84. Well, then 85, 
becomes <clears throat> A, B, C, D. Got it. So from 85 onward. Now, we had a 25-year run, hmm. okay, if you count 83 and 84. Yep. But the, the revisionist, I'm probably the only one that points out uh, the first two years were AFB. Right. Now, Sonny's writing a book, which I hope comes out next couple of years because okay. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> I said, Sonny, you asked me to write history of what I remember. You better put in the first two years were AFBI. AFBI, yeah. Okay, please. And by the way, I, 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 have, I have to say this. I, you've been striking me every time you say something. It feels like, and, and I, I'm going to go look back and double check, but I'm certain what you're recalling is accurate because you have such a conviction in how you're disseminating oh, yeah, yeah, information. No, I'm, 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 yeah. I can only pray that I have even half <laughs> of the mental capacity you do at, at an age. But listen, there's a lot of stuff I forgot. My yeah, wife says I, I have a great memory. You either, you, you either but, a very good bullshitter or no. your accuracy is just that good. No, <laughs> I'm or just, both. I'm not lying, folks. <laughs> you know, it's... They said, Joe Hammond's here. Joe, it was, <laughs> that was true. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, no, but here's what, cha what changed over the years with ABCD. Uh, we probably, nine days of academics and another day of organization was too much, mm -hmm. those first two camps. I think the first ABCD camp, we might have made it eight days of classes <laughs> one day. And then... It, over, it went to seven. Mm -hmm. And it was seven for a number of years, one week. Yep. Then it went to six. And then it went to five. And then it went, instead of eight to 12, it went from nine to 12. And academically, people, I, I, I didn't mention this, folks. The academics, we tested the kids before, the cla before classes. Mm -hmm. <sighs> If you had passed, if you had to qualify an SAT or ACT class, there was no, if you had passed the SAT or ACT, you didn't have to take math or verbal preparation. You already passed. Got it. So what did we have for you? We had two great guys, George, uh, George Zagrafos and, and Jimmy Sturgis, who were graduates of uh, uh, Columbia University, uh, sports psychologist guys. Uh, Jimmy's a legendary teacher. George is doing great stuff in schools in New Jersey, but they I'm ran about the current St. Raymond guidance council. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Sturgis. Yeah, he's a friend okay. of the program. They, great guys. Uh, they ran a sports psychology class. Hmm. Now you tell a high school kid, we're giving you a sports psychology class. You're getting a shrink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're we're teaching you to mentally to how to be mentally stronger, right? And to be prepare yourself mentally for playing. Okay, whether it's doing a visualization, all right, uh, uh, mind mapping, okay, uh, things that would enhance your physical ability by being mentally sharper. And to this day, if you went to Kobe Bryant and told Kobe, because over his career, Kobe would mention something, I have to be mentally prepared. Yeah, I've heard it I've many got times. It, you know, You'd ask Kobe, Kobe, who turned you on to that? He would tell you Mr. Sturges and Mr. Zagrafos at ABCD and other guys. And they, they gave them exercises, I, I'm, uh, the visual exercise, just for learning how to stretch and everything. There was a thing where if you tap 
if you tap uh, the bones, the, the eye socket bones, mm-hmm. it loosens up your back. So it does. The pressure points. For yes, me? the pressure points. Yes. All right. Where you been on my life? Yeah. So I do. I do that when I get young kids, and they're all like skeptical, but then they're like, and they feel it. Oh man. <laughs> And I do it myself. I can I can reach the middle of my calves now. But if I if I tap if I tap I get closer to the the bottom of my calves. To touch your toes. All right. But kids were like, oh man, look at this. But, can I ask you a question? Because yeah, again, you guys seem to have like very noble cause behind what you guys are doing, right? Now, the fact that someone thought it important to get that that mental aspect involved because you could have easily said well these guys don't need the preparation let's find some skills development or some other aspect on, on the physical plane the mental aspect kicked in and said all right well if you can't if you've already passed and achieved in this area we're going to shift it and you're going to go here how did that even come into play? Was that your doing? Like, how did you guys no, I, bring that up? No, that came with the original. That came from Athby. Okay. Uh, there, was there, was, there was there was there was the original academic director of Athby was a guy by the name of uh, Frank Dubois, uh, football coach and teacher out in Illinois. Okay. Uh, when ABCD, uh, I'm sorry, when Athby ended, Frank Frank was the academic director. Mm. All right. I was just I was on I was doing counseling. I would do some presentations with the kids about my game plan stuff and something I'll do briefly to career connection. Right. All right. Uh, and then at some point, uh, um, Sonny Vaccaro had a falling out uh, with with Nike. Right. And I'm going to say that was probably around 1999, I oh, wow. think, maybe earlier. Maybe, no, you're right. Yeah, no, 95. it was it was ninety it was ninety four. Indianapolis. Yeah, but before, yeah, we were in, yeah we did a camp in Indianapolis, and Sonny had a falling out with Nike, and. Uh, then he went to California to do Converse. Right, right. So we went to California in 1993, and then in 1994. We went to Ypsilanti, Michigan, but there was no academics. This is a crazy thing. I'll tell you a quick thing. Here we are. We're doing all these academics during the summer with the kids. Sonny split with Nike, but we started, uh, he kept ABCD. He kept the name ABCD. And uh, our first year, we were in uh, um, University of California, Irvine, okay, south of Los Angeles. And we did a camp there. And uh, then we, the next year, and Converse was backing us at the time. Uh, Sonny, being an honorable man uh, that he is, uh, had said, we'll do it with two years from Converse. He had already signed to be the Adidas guy. But the second year, he still took the sneakers from Converse. Oh, Converse. You know, because, okay, before we switched to Adidas. Uh, And the... I lost my track. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I no, think you- no, you were. Asking, oh, the, the, how we how we did this? Okay, yeah. when Sonny split, here was my point. Sonny had to split with Nike. Nike wanted to keep the All American camp going. Sure. Okay, Frank Dubois went with Nike. Didn't want to go with Sonny. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
I went with Sonny, okay? Uh, there's a little backstabbing that I won't get into fine. on Du Bois' part. Some, some drama happened. That, but, you know, I was supposed to go with Nike, and somebody was supposed to ask me to come to this big meeting. And there was an oopsie. And there was a... <laughs> I didn't get invited. So... But I was going with Sonny. Right. Okay, I don't know what I would have done if I was invited to stay with Nike. I really don't. But Sonny asked me, and I, I had known Sonny. There was loyalty. You know, I actually knew Sonny before I knew Chick Cher. Oh, but that's another story. Anyway, uh, I stayed with Sonny. Sonny's from Chicago. No, Sonny's originally from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's Pennsylvania. Right. That's right, Pennsylvania. He was a uh, great running back in high school, uh, you know, and, and uh, great guys. I love Sonny. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, I stayed with Sonny. Sonny said, I want you to run the academics. And I kept, I kept the New York, New Jersey contingent of teachers. Okay. They stayed loyal to me. Okay, so Jimmy Sturgis came with me, George Zagrafos, all key guys from uh, uh, ABCD. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and we put together a great staff. And, uh, I mean, we had, we, had, we had such a strong academic staff the, the kids were asking, before they got invited to, back to camp, they'd want to know, are the teachers going to be there? Wow. So, I mean, we, we had an impact. How, how was the selection process? Well, that was Sonny. It was countrywide, right? Yeah, no, that was Sonny and his contacts, high school coaches, scouts. Got it. Tom Konchowski types. Like, every year, Tom Konchowski would sit down with Bobby Hartstein. Bobby Hartstein from Lincoln High School, mm-hmm. who had the Marbury brothers, Jamel Thomas, that went to... Uh, uh, Providence, uh, Bobby would would became the uh, athletic director for ABCD, okay. Sonny's Sonny's group, mm-hmm. and uh, he would sit down every spring with Tom Konchowski, and who are we going to invite from New York and New Jersey? Mm. And then there were other people involved. Gary Charles, great guy from Long Island who ran the Long Island Panthers, was tight with Sonny, so Gary had his input, and we just tried to get the you know the best players. Yeah. And it became very competitive because Riverside Church was associated with Nike, so they would send most of their kids. Mm. Now and then we'd get a guy like Lamar Odom, was a Riverside kid, but he came to ABCD because he also played on the outside with Gary Charles and the Panthers. And, you know, over the years, I would say we had the overwhelming majority of great players come through ABCD. We didn't get everybody, but we got the majority. Tracy, I mean, you, Tracy you, McGrady, Kobe, you LeBron. Hear it, you hear it being spoken about. I mean, yeah, yeah. Everything involving basketball, yeah. you hear it mentioned. Yeah, and if, if you're fa- the fans that were listening, if you go on YouTube and just type in ABCD camp, you can, you'll spend There's highlight reels for days there. Three hours, at least three plus hours finding great videos and seeing uh, great matchups of of players that when they were you know when they were babies and then you had a whole bunch of you know. a treasure trove of coaches that are notable now oh yeah co- come through that program yeah 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 I mean I think was Cal one uh, like Cal- no 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 Calipari didn't Calipari uh, he spoke at one of the camps that's what it was okay yeah no okay. Calipari was never a, a, a instructor but like Steve Lapis mm-hmm. went on to coach Villanova yeah. you know he was he was one of the guys. Uh, uh, because there was, you know, 
then they became regulations. Like you couldn't have, then you, then it stopped. You couldn't have a college coach speak gotcha. at a camp. But I, oh, I started to mention this before. The one year we were at University of California, Irvine, did ABCD, did all the academics. Mm-hmm. Then we were going to go to the University of Illinois, no, University of Indiana, uh, Purdue University in Indianapolis. IUPUI, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. IUPUI, yep. but the, the, beautiful college, great facility. So we're going to be there, okay? Uh, no, we were, we were there. With, that was the last year of, of uh, ABC. Nike, yeah, Nike, I'm sorry. The, the college that we were going to go to was Ypsilanti. In Michigan. Michigan. Mm-hmm. I've got my staff all ready to go. The NCAA says you can't do academics with these kids during the summer. We were like, wait a second. No way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> They're getting an extra benefit. Yeah, we know that it would benefit the kids. Right. So why are you saying we can't do it? All right. They said it was an extra benefit, uh, was being paid for by us. They weren't paying the teachers. Uh, Adidas was going to pay the teachers. You can't do it. I've wow. got to tell all my teachers there's no classes. All right? Wow. I'm sorry. You can't come to Michigan with us. What happens? Some people put up a stink about it. Yeah. Okay? Nike put up a stink. We put up a stink. Three days before the camp, they say, oh, you can do the academics. <laughs> I mean... You know, my teachers, are, uh, yeah. we, we didn't, what we had was some great counseling sessions, which, which I did. Hmm. And with the counselors, we got the counselors together. That's all we did. So there was more basketball that summer than any summer. There was basketball in the morning. There was basketball in the afternoon with some counseling mixed in. But the NCAA said no to academics. <laughs> Shocker. You know, come on. <laughs> So, yep. so you had a 25-year run yeah. to, to nuts. What caused the ending to come of ABCD camp? It was kind of simple. Sonny, Sonny wanted to retire. Mm. You know? No passing uh, it on? Well, I got Sonny, well Sonny walked away. Uh, at the time, you know, Adidas at one point purchased Reebok. Yep. So Reebok is actually owned by Adidas. Right. So the last two years, I think we were Reebok, ABCD camp. Went through all the yeah. all the sneakers. So uh, Sonny walked away. Re- Reebok decided to keep it going. All right, uh, with a Reebok camp, but for some strange reason, I don't. You know, uh, and, there, and I'm sure there were politics involved. It wasn't just Sonny retiring. I, th- they, I think, and, and it'll probably come out in the book, the real reasons right. why he walked away. But uh, the uh, Reebok kept it going, and they had some. They moved to Philadelphia. Now, I know you're only 90 miles away, <laughs> okay? But the media attention we got every year by having it in New York, yeah. you know, we had moved to Fairleigh Dickinson University in New Jersey. Yep you know, a half hour from Midtown, which has a great basketball facility, uh, 
we ended up staying in, uh, oh, there was one year, we were always on college campus. But then one year the word got out that Nike was putting their kids up at their camp in Indianapolis in like a four-star hotel, <laughs> right. like a Sheridan or Marriott. So <clears throat> Sonny said, I'm not having this. Our kids are going to be in a five-star Marriott. So then we were in a Marriott, and then we went to uh, uh, Crown Plaza. Wow. The Hyatt, Hyatt Crown Plaza, something. Wow. You know, we were at a Hyatt. So and the kids, Ritz Carlton the kids, no, 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 Ritz Carlton. Uh, the kids, the uh, the kids had first class treatment. Our, our classes were in uh, meeting rooms in the hotel. You know, the kids wow. were in the hotel. Uh, but gradually, and and this is this is for you NCAA coaches out there. Coaches approach Sonny. At one point, I'm going to say maybe four years before the end, mm. and says, "Sonny, there's a little too much uh, academics at the camp. Wow. We, you know, we, there's only so much tennis and golf we can play in the morning while they're in class. Can can you get more basketball involved? Wow. I found that out, wow. later. you know, later on. So I won't name any names, oh. but come on, guys. Anyway." Uh, we went down to three days of academics, and uh, first it was five days of camp, four days of academics, and then it was uh, five days of camp and three days of academics. <laughs> and then it went from three to two, and then that was it. And then uh, the one day, we had one day, and it, we had one day in the morning where we just talked with, the, we had some of the teachers and we just talked about the game plan, mm -hmm. giving the kids a game plan, which I just want to touch on briefly. Yeah, I, had, I had mentioned before the academics were, uh, I'm sorry, I had mentioned part of the game plan was the, the numbers game. Yeah. But just, this is just something I'm going to share with everyone out there. We had something in the game plan called the career connection. And the career connection is a very simple thing. All right, and, and when I was a teacher, I, I found this thing in a, in a I, one of the things I taught when I was in high school was getting kids ready for jobs, uh, career preparedness. So I had this book about job training, and one of the things was getting your kids prepared. What is expected of an, of an employee from their employer? All right, what is expected when you get on the job? And I looked at this list, and I went back. Well, I'm a teacher. What do I expect from my students? Mm -hmm. And then it hit me. Wait a second. The same thing that this employer wants is what I want in the classroom. Right. And then it hit me. I'm a basketball guy. I'm a sports guy. What does any coach expect of their players? Of their players? And this is, became the career connection. Hmm. And I'm just going to read this briefly for you. Go for it. But I'm going to go, <clears throat> let's start with the students. What do I want from any kid for my class to be successful? Be on time for all your classes. Second thing, come into class and give me your cooperation. Okay? If you give me your cooperation, I'm depending on that every day in class. And that's the third thing, I'm depending on you to be on time. So the three things go together. Right. Number four, the key to everything. 
be eager to learn what's being taught, mm -hmm. okay? If you're eager to learn, it, may, it means listen, understand, and follow directions. If you don't understand the teacher, you ask for help. You ask a question. Now, look, you got shy students. Sure. You got kids that don't want to have other kids say, well, why'd you ask that question, man? Be selfish. On the way out of the room, you tell the teacher, I was a little shy about asking that question, but I need some help. Mm -hmm. You got to ask for help. If you need help, you've got to ask for help. If you don't ask for help, you could end up getting some criticism. If you're not doing, if you're not on time, if you're not giving your cooperation, if you're not dependable, you're going to get some criticism. Absolutely. You got to handle the criticism. How do you get all of this together? You use that college word, initiative. <laughs> I know some of you out there say, yeah, I know it's initi initiative, but well, initiative. You do it every day. You do something that's good for you without anyone telling you simply because you know it's good for you. Yep. If reading more is good for you, you do it. If, if ex anything is good, anything, okay? And be sure, the ninth thing, you give an honest effort at all times. And that's where you look in the mirror and nobody knows. Mom and dad aren't there. You're there with the mirror. Are you giving your best every day? At least try and do your best every day. All right? And what happens? You end up with number 10. You're responsible and you earn respect. When you do all of those 10 things, people respect you. Now, just name 10 things that a teacher wants. Guess what an employer wants? Why are you going to get hired? Because you can do something for the company. And if they're going to stop paying you a good wage, you better be on time. <coughs> you want to you raise? Give your cooperation. Mm -hmm. Be dependable. You want more money? You want that rate? You've got to be eager to show them you're not the worker they hired. You're better. You deserve a raise. You listen. You understand and follow directions. And if you don't ask for help on the job and you mess up, that's how you get fired. You're out. Okay? So everything I just said is connected. Handle criticism. Folks, what do you think a coach wants? Mm -hmm. You got to be on time for practice. You got to give your cooperation. You got to be dependable. You don't want to get better as a ball player? It means you're not eager. Come on. <coughs> Manny, the whole thing's connected. Absolutely. It's, there's, no, there's no mad science here. I, I love that. I mean, these things are logical and should be commonplace as far as understanding goes. But the fact that you write them down and people can read them like and draw their own conclusion from it, yeah. as simple as it is, it's necessary. Because, yeah, no. I mean, you look at, even when you look at the, the numbers game, for instance, right? These are shocking when you look at the percentage of success from, you know, level to level. And it's not clear to people because if you look at the media, it seems so easy to grasp. But when you look at the numbers and then you start to put the pieces together, it's like if you're not at the top of your game in all these aspects you just described, your chances of success in these fields, if your aim is to go professional ball, for instance, is slim, tiny. No, absolutely. So, like, what are you going to do, right? Like, hedge your bet. 
and we talk about this all the time. Yeah, pursue your dream. Try to get to the NBA or whatever. That Chase is. that dream. But you better round that, complement that with something tangible that you can use. Exactly. Regardless, because after that game, you got to figure out how to live your life if you do make it to that next level. You know, the greatest compliment, <clears throat> the greatest compliment I ever got about this Korea connection, what teachers want, what coaches want, what employers want. A grandmother uh, was at her grandson's, I did a presentation at John F. Kennedy High School in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and it was open to parents and kids. The grandmother came, and she just said, this should have been on the back of the Ten Commandments. Wow. All right? <laughs> I, got, I got goosebumps, man. Wow. She said, and I say to kids, when you look at these ten things, there's not anything on there you can't do. Absolutely. You can do everything on here. You probably just haven't thought about putting it together as a game plan. And you go back to that whole thing. If you hold up your ten fingers together, you know, somebody could come and break your fingers individually. individually. Yeah. But when you put ten things together, you can't break your fingers. That's a very it's powerful together, force. man. You and 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 the other ultimate thing here, and I tell this to kids when I or talk talk to them. No excuses. <laughs> when when you have this and you know what you need to do, where get help, ask for help. Don't take any shortcuts. You're in charge of your success. I don't care if you had Dr. King at the front of the classroom, Malcolm, Muhammad, Aristotle, Plato, whoever, Shakespeare. They can't teach you anything unless you are ready to be eager to, to learn, yeah. to accept it. Right. It comes down to you. I love the word, the two were your responsibilities. <laughs> the first three letters of your are Y-O-U. Preach. Man, this is, a boys and girls out there, you make yourself success, a success, all right? Um, I think it was, oh, man, two things. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it just, it's, I got, it's going through my mind. Take your time. Success comes to those who prepare for it through hard work. That's it. Yep. There's no shortcuts. Success comes to those who prepare for it through hard work work and I'm, forget about the whole falling on I'm your lap I'm trying to thing. think and, and I'm uh, famous black educator um, and I think I had it w. in here W.E.B. Du Bois no it wasn't Dr. Du Bois uh, you're gonna you're gonna edit this and everything uh, yeah clean up okay. a couple of things I'm, okay no worries um Okay. <laughs> Look, we're probably going to have to do this again. Okay. Um, because I definitely want to get your take. We, we went over. No, we did. No, we did it. Don't you worry about it. Uh, um, part one and two. Exactly. Maybe more because your insight and your perspective, I think, is very refreshing, um, especially in the advent of all these different things where people are just really just trying to 
you know, exploit a lot of the talent, especially in the basketball sense, and not really contribute to the development of these kids, you know, and young men and women. And so I think, I mean, I'm, I'm sad by the fact that I didn't know much about ABCD outside of knowing that mm-hmm. it was, you know, there were all-stars coming out of there. Yeah. But yeah. understanding the way it was structured, to me, is the mold, like, that we should be using moving forward. Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> a couple of programs, there was a great program that, there was a great program with, um, it was, people thought it was the, uh, the NCAA. It was the college, the college football hall of fame. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, it's not the NCAA and it's not the NFL. It's the college football hall of fame. Right. They have their own foundation and they had a program for years called play it smart. Mm-hmm. Play it smart was something that AFB had aspired to in that they were in over a hundred schools coast to coast. They had an academic counselor assigned to the school who probably made, it was for like a graduate student, somebody first job out of high school. College. Out of of college. Uh, They were there to mentor the football players, mm. okay? And they were there almost every day. Their percentages, their, their statistics were off the charts. We're talking like 90% plus graduation, graduation rates. Graduation wow. rates. You know, football players uh, qualifying for college, high 80s, you know, some schools 100% all the time. So it was like, Incredible. Hmm. They had a grant from the federal government, an 11 point something million dollar grant. And what happened was uh, George Bush was the president. 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. They were in there halfway through their third year of the grant. I think it was a five year grant. And uh, 9-11 happened. The Afghan Invasion, everything happened. Right. Once again, like what happened with AFB, they cut the grant. They just said, sorry, sorry we're not giving you the this. rest. And they tried to keep the program going. And some schools were able to, because they, they, some communities were so impressed that the community say, no, we'll fund this they program. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. And then uh, I got involved with them. Uh, through a friend who ran, ran his own little thing on, on Long Island. But, uh, so I was like a fill-in, a fill-in supervisor for them, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, then it just became, and well, here in New York City, they had 11 high schools in New York. The PSAL was made to look really good through this program. The PSAL dropped the, the ball. The ball. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even bring up funding with the city council or anything wow. like don't you understand what's going on you know and I try and work with these people but they're they're their own worst enemy yeah. there's, there's some good people working there is they have a bigger staff now but not in any way it's maybe they got 25 people working for them damn 
you know, and not and the 25 aren't even full time, but they can't get out of their own way. They're not proactive. So unfortunate. And all this stuff, like when they have staff development days, yeah. this stuff should be part of it. Hundred percent. You know, it's not. I've been. It's called, almost like they're destined. Like they, their intention is not to succeed too much. Thank you. And I've had listen. Crazy. I I had those. They had a great. Uh, she's the best athletic director in the city. Uh, her name is Renan Ebed. Uh, she married a Puerto Rican pitcher from the Mets who's mm -hmm. retired. So she's got Renan Ebed. Might be Gomez. I'm not sure. Okay. She's a dynamo. And she worked for the PSAL during the summer. And she ran the Big Apple games. They were never run like she ran it. She contacted colleges. She had a dozen interns running around doing everything. Colleges offered to have more interns work for the PSAL. PSAL turned them down. God. Because there were some people there that said, I don't want people who know what I'm doing. Yeah, because you're fucking not doing Right. Nope. You're not doing good. You're not doing anything. That's what you yeah, they, that's what you're gonna, faced with. Find you and out. that's where you come and, and this is off the record, but this is where you get the you know, you got coaches that don't care. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it's it's I mean it's a reality. So, I mean to me, if you if you put the right information out there and you do it in a passionate way, you know, that people know that this works, they care. Like I go I tell kids straight up when I talk to them. You know, because now when I come into school, you know, I'm I'm 30 years older than I used to be. 40 hmm. years older. I'm right. going to be 73 years old. Wow. All right. Bless. But but I but I know everything is still here and here. And I many times the first reaction is like, what's this old white right. guy I, have to say I, to I us? Totally see. You know, Especially what, now this what, generation. No, yeah. What does he have to say? And I I cut it right away. I said, hey, I'm not here to bullshit you. All right, I'm here to tell you the truth, and I know what I'm going to say can help make your life better. Now, if you want to leave now, then you go, go ahead, and I'm fine, you know? Uh, and, and I don't lose any audiences, you know? Rich, so. I, I thank you for you know, you were great. You were spending great. this time with me. I mean, I learned yeah. a ton. Oh, we I haven't gone on like this. You got you got the full gamut. Hey, and I got it all recorded, so I can play this bag. We're gonna we're gonna make yeah. sure we distribute it. But thank you so much for being no, a part sure. of this experience with me. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much, our audience. I know we'll get a lot out of this. Mr. Sturgis, I'm sorry to delay your departure. <laughs> and now we gotta. I gotta. I gotta go in the canals out of, in the uh, the no. gondola and get home. <laughs> I gotta call my wife. She's probably missing me. Missing you like crazy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.